ComC.com is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all of the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 23 million cards across all major eras and genres. With a ComC.com account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time and ship them home together later or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace to try and flip. To continue serving collectors as our hobby grows, ComC is actively hiring for a range of different roles. Learn more and apply online at comc.com jobs. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. To tell you what, we just wrapped up the first month of 2021, and I'm having a ton of fun so far. We've got Top Series 1 just around the corner. We've got a brand new Tops Living Set WWE product that's going to be coming out pretty soon. I'm excited for that. We've got Tops Project 70, which I'm excited to learn more about. I loved Project 2020. This Project 70 could either be awesome or it could be a complete overwhelming undertaking for anybody trying to figure out how to both collect it and or use it from a business perspective, but it's going to be a challenge to handle nonetheless. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm just having a ton of fun so far here in 2021, and I can't wait to see how the rest of the year unfolds. Um, It's starting off well, and I'm just having a great time. Well, today, I've got a guest. Eric Doty is going to be joining me, and he is the founder and CEO of the Loop app. And that is a, an online platform and app that is attempting to smooth the process for buying into and participating in breaks. And so it's going to be a, a good conversation to hear from him about how he went about starting and getting Loop off the ground, where he sees it headed. I think you're going to enjoy it. And they're one of a a couple different um, apps and platforms that are looking to do something similar. And we'll be looking for other breakers to partner with them. Things like this could really take breaking to that next level and bring a lot of customers and breakers together. And so I think you're going to enjoy that conversation here in a couple minutes. And speaking of bringing breakers and customers together, I want to make sure you all are aware of a breaker that I've had a a relationship and a partnership with here for about a year now, and that is Underdog Collectibles. They're an online shop run by collectors for collectors, and they break every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday night. It looks like this week they've got a variety of different football products to open, and they're actually going to be doing a big post post-Super Bowl break show. And so check that out immediately following the game. If you want to get in on some of your breaks, you can check them out at www.udogcollect.com to buy your spot and then go to YouTube and watch on their YouTube channel to see the action unfold. And don't forget, tell them that Wax Pack Hero sent you. And now here's our conversation with Eric. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad we get a chance to connect here and talk a little bit about the Loop app. Why don't we start with but you just telling me a little bit about your background in the hobby? Yeah, yeah. So my background uh, goes way back. I actually grew up on a dairy farm in the middle of nowhere, uh, south of Buffalo, New York. So I played sports, but 
my real tie to professional sports were sports cards. Um, cause I obviously couldn't go to, go to a lot of games. So my dad and I would collect, uh, baseball, mostly baseball and some basketball and football. And, you know, that was the era of uh, Derek Jeter, a um, little bit of Griffey, probably at the end of like Griffey Jr. Um, but yeah, I collected probably thousands of, you know, I had the binders, I had the boxes, had the whole thing. I actually learned last year that my mom threw all of those out. Oh no. <laughs> I'm guessing probably a few years ago, but I just found out because I was, you know, I was talking about starting this company and getting, getting back in the cards. And my mom was like, yeah, I found a bunch of those. And yeah, we just threw them out. I'm like, I lost so many gold Derek Jeter rookies in one of those, in one of those binders. Um, But yeah, that's, that was my background. Uh, We had a small, very small, card shop that I only went to a couple times just because it was, you know, difficult to get to. I remember probably my most vivid memory is getting a, our Marshawn Lynch rookie card because, you know, Buffalo, uh, Marshawn, his, his rookie year was in Buffalo. And that was like a big deal. Cause he's obviously like a big personality and everybody loved him. So yeah, my, my background started probably, pretty modest. And, uh, you know, I probably wasn't as knowledgeable about a lot of the players I was collecting as those that had probably more access to professional sports in, you know, metropolitan areas. But over the last few years, um, I was deep in video games. I worked in video games for like 12 years. But over the last few years, I've been getting really back into sports cards. And it's unbelievable, like how much it's changed. Like even because, you know, I wasn't in what I would, I guess it's still kind of the junk wax era when when I started collecting as a kid, but now just seeing all the technology they integrate into the cards now, I mean, they, they obviously have the numbered, they have the autographs, they have all the variants, um, the way the cards are actually produced with the memorabilia, I feel like has gotten way more advanced. Um, So it's been, it's, been really fun just getting back into the hobby seriously over the last few years yeah definitely things have changed you know i was similar to you started collecting when i was young took a break and when i got back into it around 2015 so much had changed i was appreciative that the local card shop owner in my area took some time with me just to help educate me on how things are different today than they were back in the uh, early to mid uh, 90s when I was collecting hot and heavy before. And so, yeah, there's <laughs> there's so much that has changed. Well, mm. you've gone on through that at some point over these last few years of you've got into it, there was an inspiration to start your own company related to sports cards, um, the Loop app. Tell me a little bit about what was the inspiration for you to undertake this venture? Yeah, so... With Loop, it was interesting because I'm, like I said, I was working in video games and, and live video streaming services. And I just started to have all these, what you call pain points is, you know, oh, I found all these cards in a collection. How do I look up how much they're worth? Um, how do I show off my collection? Oh, there's someone on Instagram selling, you know, what I found out to be called box breaks. How do I buy into that box break? What is this, what is this experience overall? And as I got more and more into it, I just started to realize like, wow, 
I wish somebody would build this, or I wish somebody would build this. And I, you know, I started to look around more and I found there's a lot of websites that do, you know, graphing of values of cards that you can look up or the, you know, the top cards. And then there's a bunch of sites, channels on like YouTube and Instagram that do box breaks. And finally, I just decided to go, okay, the one, the number one thing I love doing the most in the hobby right now is box breaks, but it is a miserable experience. Can we do this better? Um, so we did a bunch of research. We talked to a bunch of people who, who, you know, work in the space, work in the card space. And we just started to test live video. We had like a little chat system we built and then we built in the, the integrated purchase model into the live stream. And that was just like a base level prototype. And we, you know, I did some breaks. We got someone on board who did some breaks on Instagram to come in and just test. And we had, you know, maybe a couple hundred people in the beta we, that we were able to, to gather and, and download this, this test app. And immediately I saw like the magical moment of just how quick it was like, oh, I want to buy that Buy. Oh, now it's being opened. And it was all within like a couple minutes. We ended up um, building this prototype. We went in the beta in the summer. And then on late October, we actually launched our V1, which really is just you partner with us to live stream. Um, if you're a buyer, you can watch a stream, chat, and buy. And that's, you know, it's super simple. That's really all we had to accomplish was like, how do you take something that's relatively complicated and takes a lot of effort and simplify it? And, you know, we have like four, four long pages of roadmap of additional features and areas of the hobby that we see similar pain points that we could come in and go, hey, we can make this a lot easier for you either as a buyer or as a seller. So you saw that pain point and that kind of served as the inspiration and you talked about doing some research. I'm curious how you went about researching that potential market viability of the concept. You know, were you talking to consumers to get their input? Were you talking with breakers to get their input? Mm -hmm. What did, kind of how did you approach that that research phase? Yeah. So step one was I was my own kind of test subject. I just went out and spent a bunch of bunch of money on cards, which I was probably going to do anyway. And I just looked at little areas where there's what, what we call friction. Like, is this too slow? Are there too many steps? Like, where, where are the inconveniences? And the obvious ones were, I have to leave the stream to go pay you via PayPal. And then it's a disconnected system. Um, I honestly don't know if you're a legitimate breaker. I mean, if you have a big audience, Obviously, you've you've built up a reputation, and that's obvious. But ultimately, there's no platform built around that. Like, if I go on Instagram, there's hundreds of people doing breaks. How do I know who's good and who's not? Um, and then the other was, you know, we went and talked to breakers. I went and talked to brick and mortar card shops, who some that were doing these breaks and some that weren't doing breaks, and just getting idea of of what is your business like today. Obviously, it's at that time it was either booming or it was just starting to like really pick up with this recent rise in the market. Um, and then obviously I have some friends that collect and then I have some friends that don't collect. And both of those point of views were very valuable because 
you know, when you build a service, you're inevitably going to get people that have never, either they haven't collected cards at all, or they haven't collected cards since the 80s. And it's like, this is their first reintroduction into the hobby. So we really talked to everyone and got all of the data that we could um, before we really, before we even really wrote a line of code. The, the breaking market is super fragmented right now. Like you said, mm-hmm. there's a variety of platforms that are being used, a ton of different scale of breakers from people that do breaks one or two nights a week and only break a single box or two of retail product all the way up to some of the big players who break hundreds and hundreds of cases a week, right? And so I was just kind of curious as you think about scaling your app and scaling the customer base, how big do you think this segment could get as a, a share of the overall market? Yeah. Um, so I think I think breaking is very underappreciated. Um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of collectors who have been around forever, and there's some collectors who never stopped. Like they started in the '80s and they've been going, and and they I totally understand. They see breaking as this kind of hot new fad um, because they've just been experiencing the hobby in the same way for so long. Um, but I think breaking is such a fun entertainment entertaining way to experience the hobby as well as like in a social sense especially with covid and pandemic you have these people who were probably going to shows um or you know meeting people at the local shop and then they couldn't so the next best thing at least for me was being able to sit in a live stream and talk to people about the games that just recently happened the players the cards and I think the the big bet for me is that breaking is going to be the introduction to the hobby for a lot of new collectors. And I think that's important. And it's also important when breaking is the first thing you see that it's, it's fun, it's legitimized, um, every, all the sellers are validated and trusted, that everything is communicated to you up front. So making sure you understand what the product is, that you know what you're getting, um, that you know you get the product in a reasonable amount of time after you buy it, because that's like that's really important too. Because the 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 one thing you lose about breaking is you're not buying the box immediately, going home and opening it. So um, I think getting it in your hands as fast as possible is one of the one of the biggest things about breaking that I think we can improve upon. You touched on confidence and trust, and I agree that's got to be one of the the primary focuses of establishing confidence in the breaker that a customer is choosing to partner with. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to validate the breakers that are partnering with you to make sure that they are on the up and up and provide quality service and those types of things? Yep. So we, we take applications from everyone. Um, we've had more than I expected. And we, we look at a lot of things. So we look at, do you have a channel where those, like your past breaks, do they exist somewhere? The YouTube, Instagram, TV, can I go actually look at them and see what type of product are you selling? How do you interact with people? What's your production? Like, do you use lighting? Is like, do you actually show the cards on camera? All of those things. And then also kind of get a sense of how do people interact with you on social media? Do you have a following? 
And you'd be surprised how many applications we get from people who just haven't done it before, or they have a couple followings and I, and cop followers. And I go and look at their, their past streams and they have one box of product. And I'm like, that doesn't build a lot of faith in me that you're ready to work at the scale that we're obviously um, aspiring to. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of product and we've, we've definitely removed people, not, not from a, you know, I think a lot of people would imagine like, oh, somebody scammed and you remove them, which is a possibility. And, you know, we're willing to do that, but even we've removed a couple of people because they, they streamed once and we just didn't feel like they were at the, the quality level we expected. Like if you, if you join loop today and you go into any of our live streams, I want to make sure that that sets the bar high very early of what you're going to experience on loop. And so that's, you know, again, that's kind of what we look at and we track, we track all the sales, we track all of the, the shipments, um, for on behalf of the buyer as well. Um, and all of that's communicated in the app as well. So you can look at your purchase history and you can tap on something and see what the tracking info is. So for those breakers that are partnering with you, does it require kind of exclusivity within your platform? So if they've got their own Shopify page or they've got their other own independent website that they're using to currently fill those breaks, do those have to be completely isolated breaks to work through you versus what they had already established? So is it going to require them to kind of wholesale shift their whole marketing and um, infrastructure to be able to, to partner with you? No. And I've, I worked again, I worked in video games and live streaming for many years and, you know, there I've seen exclusivity agreements and they never really work out well for anybody. Um, unless it's like the streamer and sometimes they'll get a big like signing bonus, but overall they don't work out as well as everybody thinks they will. Um, my theory and the way I operate businesses is if we do our job well enough, um, you'll want to bring your business over to us. So we don't, we don't do exclusivity. You know, if you sign with us and you're, you're selling elsewhere, you can still sell there. But when you sell with us, I want to make sure that our, your streams with us, your breaks with us outperform anything you're doing outside of our platform. So it'll get to a point where hopefully we can prove, Hey, you should bring your whole business over because we're just going to like increase um, your sales and your engagement and your following like way more than you would on your, your other channels. And we've, we've definitely proven that with some of our breakers, we have a father, son, duo who owns a card like a physical card shop and they were doing breaks on instagram and in one stream on loop they basically outperformed a week of doing it on instagram and you know we've, we've had a couple of those success stories there's there's a, actually we have a few father and son duos <laughs> there's another father son duo where um they really came in without a following and now they're doing like these crazy numbers and like I, I've been told just yesterday that actually their loop business is helping put their the son in the college. And to me, that was like, you know, there's a few key like validation moments when you're this early in a company, we're only like three months old. Um, and that was one of them. I was like, oh my God, like loop is, you know, potentially changing lives here. And 
but if anything, that just puts more pressure on us is like, we can't screw this up. Like we have to continue delivering on that promise. How will you monitor? Well, I'm going to call it breaker saturation. Mm -hmm. How, is there anything that you're doing to say, you know what, there, we've got so many breakers who are coming on, on board right now at some point where it's, there's too many where like we, we, you know, there's too many current breakers or is, is there any kind of process that you're going to be using to kind of monitor that saturation point and, and make sure that we have that right balance of, of breaking customers with the breakers themselves? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I do a lot of data analysis um, in my previous jobs. So I look a lot at um, transactions per hour, trans transactions per night, you know, revenue per hour, revenue per night as well. And, you know, there, there's totally a saturation point. And I think we've, we've already kind of found a balance where the, you can never have too many buyers on a platform. I mean, you, you can, in a sense that you don't want people coming in and just consistently not having things to buy or engage with, which is understandable, but the a much worse scenario is having too many breakers, as you said, where you have 20 people streaming and not enough audience to match that. And they're just sitting there doing nothing and wondering why they're on this platform. So there is an ebb and flow that I see of a balance of as you add breakers and whether they bring an audience with them or not, they need a set of users that we're, we're bringing in to watch their streams and you know excited to make purchases. And then as we feel that we found a good balance there, then we can add more breakers. So we're, we're definitely not coming in and just going, Hey, we're going to sign 200 breakers tomorrow, go stream, because that's just a bad experience for everyone. And that, that, that would lose faith in us as a platform very quickly. If we did that. Right now, you seem to have the primary focus of connecting breakers with potential customers. Mm -hmm. At some point, do you see any integration or offering an independent online marketplace for those breaking customers to then resell the product that they don't want to keep for their own collections? Yeah, I, I feel comfortable giving you a generic yes answer to that. Um, we, have, we have some plans around what, what do buyers do with their cards once they have them? And I think there's a few obvious directions we can go. Um, you know, grading is one of them, reselling them is another. Um, but I think you're going to see us put some twists on those that you might not expect. Um, again, I think our, our background of our team a lot is, is video games and live video. So we, we like to look at things through a slightly different lens than you might say just a straight live e-commerce platform. Um, we like, we, we like keeping things fun and immediate and, and making, again, removing all that friction, you would think of like, oh, I have to wait for a card to be sent to me. Oh, then I have to put on eBay for seven days and hope that it sells and not be ripped off. And, you know, how do we just continue to like bring those down into really fun, quick experiences? What are um, some of the other things that, that you can share that, that you've got in store for Loop? You know, I, I guess I, part of that question is, how do you plan to differentiate yourself? I know there is at least one other company who is launching that is trying to do something very similar to what Loop is doing. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of curious, what other thoughts do you have around how you will be able to continue to 
differentiate yourself in, in the industry? Yeah. The, the thing we're really relying on is the connective tissue of every pillar of the business or of the market. So I think you're going to see a lot of education of, of what we're doing and what's happening in, in and around sports cards. And then the anticipation of breaks, I think is really important right now. I don't think we do a very good job of that. Like you, you come, like if you sign up and you open the app at 11 AM, there's probably not going to be a break going on most days, but how do we get you excited about the next break that's happening? Or what are other things you can do in the app while you're waiting for the next stream to happen? And for me, that's really important because there are people in this hobby who want to interact with the hobby all day, every day. And, you know, you see them on Twitter, you see them in Facebook groups and those are, those are great, but I think there's some really fun, constructive things we can also offer in the app. You talked about kind of going live. I think you said October of 2020 was when you officially Mm -hmm. went live with the kind of public facing app. Right now, it's only available in the Apple App Store. Um, mm-hmm. But from what I understand, there are Android. There's an Android version <laughs> in the works at some point. Was also curious: is there also thought that you'd be able to join from a PC as well? Yeah. So we we already did some work on Android. We just hired an Android dev in uh, January, and he's he's getting onboarded with the team and starting to work. Um, by the time this this goes live, he's already going to be deep into development. So we're we're definitely want Android. I I think a little side note I want to say there is it's funny because as a as a bootstrap startup when we launched, you know it was a big bet for me. I'm like I'm putting you know a big chunk of my savings and investments bet into this business to to pay people to to build and work with me, and. Android was a second thought because I'm like, if this doesn't work out, why would I spend all that time and money building a second app for it to fail? And <laughs> which, you know, is is always an issue when you're, you're self-funding your own startup. And then we launched and iOS just blew up. Like it went past all of our expectations and it, we were so happy. And then there was that moment of like, oh no, <laughs> we have to get to Android as fast as possible. And uh Obviously, like everyone that's on Android sees what's happening on iOS and is like asking us every single day, where's, where's Android? You've forgotten about us. So um, I'm hoping at the end of March, um, we will have an Android app out um, in some form. And we're looking at Canada. Uh, right now, we're only US. We want to expand the ca- Canada. We might actually be by the time this, this goes live. And then desktop, um, we are definitely looking at probably later this year we'll serious take seriously take a look at that um, but right now with the way we've built the mobile apps it's it's a lot about immediacy and I think that's the mobile platforms are just so much better at organically having that type of behavior of like sometimes you can just jump in for like a minute buy a pack and jump out where desktop usage is generally much more long term and if we were to do that, um, I would want to relook at a lot of the things that we built and make sure that they work well for a different, a different type of um, focus and attention that you would serve when you, you have it on a big screen. 
you talked about how the interest from breakers was higher than you expected. And you talked about how your um, Apple app downloads from I O from the iOS store, from the app, Apple app store were higher than expectations. How many users do you currently have on the site? Yeah, we have, I'm willing to say that we have hundreds of buyers a week um, who are engaging and buying in the app at a rate that I would have never even projected. And even in my best case scenario. So we, we have maybe two dozen breakers. There's probably about 10, I would say, that are regulars who are streaming multiple times a week, um, hundreds of buyers a week. And, you know, a, of, I would say a majority of our users are buyers. Like they're, they're downloading the app to convert into a, a person that regularly watches and makes a purchase. Now, will that be the case when we are doing like huge scale marketing and user acquisition? I don't know. And I think that's, it goes back to kind of what we mentioned earlier, which is, you know, kind of how do we see ourselves differentiating ourselves in the space? And I think it's really important that we offer things that aren't necessarily breaking. Like what are, what are other things you can do with loop that are very interesting and help you with your collection. And basically you're, you know, for a lot of people, this is a lifestyle. Like I, I look at and talk about cards all day, every day. And it's really cool to think that we could be the app that everyone wants on their phone to, to help facilitate that. So beyond just the acquisition through breaking, but, but more of um, a, a holistic app that helps people with their collections or um, provides value for yeah. their collections. Yeah. And if I'm going to be greedy, it's ultimately, if I want to use it, then like I'm happy. And I think that if I want to use it, then there's probably a big chunk of other collectors that want to use it as well. Um, so it's right now, at least with where I am in my, my, my collecting is if it, if it serves me, then I think there's a big place in the market for it to, to be valuable. It definitely sounds like there is a lot of potential, you know, eliminating friction as much as possible, especially in an industry like the sports card industry, which has a lot of friction built in from manufacturer all the way to the point that it gets to the end consumer and ultimately the reselling of those cards on the secondary market. We've got friction across the whole spectrum of activities. And so anybody that's coming in to try to eliminate some of that friction, I think there's that potential there for, for success. And so, you know, I, I'd say I, I like the way that you're trying to address that. So that's cool. What would, do you want listeners to take away from the conversation? What, what's something that, that you want to make your pitch to them on downloading the app and giving it a shot? I'll, I'll let you um, kind of make your pitch to, to my listeners here. Yeah, I think there's, there's two pitches. If you're, if you're a breaker and you're looking to do something different, um, definitely check us out. Um, you can email us at support at loopthapp.com. Um, would love to talk to you and see if there's something interesting we can do for you. Um, if you're a buyer, especially in, if you're already in the breaking space, give us, give us a look. Um, all, of our, all of our breakers are great. You'll find us having breaks from 7 p.m. to late. And we're, we're putting two to three new breakers online every week, every one to two weeks. So 
yeah, it's going to be going to be a big couple of months for loop. We just had a huge, huge fundraise and um, we actually, of our current breakers, we actually have some surprises in place that we're re revealing in February that should even like boost, boost their ability to do like successful breaks even more with new features and programs we have, we have in place. Yeah, that's exciting. Is there anything else that you can share about that um, fundraising round? Is there any particular features that that is going to allow you to, to get to market quicker? Yeah. So to date, we've had about 3 million in fundraise um, from various sources. One, one is Upfront Ventures in near LA. Um, but another, another investor I'm really excited to work with is Nat Turner, who's recently going through the, the deal with Collectors Universe and PSA. So I think there's, there's an interesting angle for us to kind of position ourselves to partner with PSA, hopefully. We'll see. I'm definitely doing my best to like elbow my way in, in there and have that sure. discussion. Um, and, but the money, the fundraising really goes heavily towards the uh, development of the app. So being able to get developers on board and, and just build our road, like hit our roadmap milestones faster. Um, we've definitely done some incentive programs for our breakers. So we all, we gave all of, all of them, the core set who streamed during like the holidays we get, we actually gave them a holiday bonus because it's like your family. I mean, again, it's pandemic. So we don't really know every, everyone has a different situation, but like if you're home, if you were home during the holidays and you wanted to stream, like I definitely like wanted to help <laughs> incentivize you and say like, Hey, thank you for giving us your personal time when you could have been spending time with your family. Um, and you know, we want to do a really lot of cool programs like that because we're, we're only as successful as our breakers are successful and we want them to be having fun and building their own brands and building their businesses. And if, if I don't personally, if I don't see that happening, then we're doing something wrong. Very cool. Well, thank you again for joining us and telling us about what you've got going on at loop. And I definitely wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you. And that, yeah, everybody listening, check us out. And what you see today will probably be totally different than in three or four months. That's, that feels like how fast we're going right now. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks again. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks again to Eric for joining me. I hope you liked that conversation and were able to take some nuggets away, both from a business perspective and what it's like to start up a business and do the analysis around if this is even a viable idea or from a buyer and breaker perspective is maybe the loop app will be something that you're interested in checking out or if you're a breaker maybe that is a relationship that you will be interested in pursuing let me know what you think leave me a comment in the comment section below leave me some feedback on your podcast app of choice i'd love to hear that rating and review and reach out to me on twitter at the mike summer or via email at waxpackhero at gmail.com i'd love to engage with you uh, answer any questions that you might have and just um, in general know what's on your mind when it comes to the hobby. So let me know what you think. Well, that's all I've got for today. So I'll catch you next time. <laughs>